0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? (laughs) Expecto Patronum! I'm not built like other men.
1: Generals gathered in their masses
0: now! Those in power only see me as a brute, unfit for higher office.
1: Just like witches at Black Masses.
0: But I follow in the footsteps of Alexander the Great and Caesar. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Arvin, and we're excited to review, I'm just going to spoil it, a movie that we both really liked, and that is Ridley Scott's Napoleon.
1: This is like some year for like the cinema guys, right? Yes, yes, like, the like film guys. Year. The mm. film guys, the guys who put film in filmmaker. Um, Nolan and uh, Oppenheimer and Scorsese had Killers, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Fincher's The Killer. Um, if Dune didn't get bumped to next year, then we would have had Denis Villeneuve's Dune this year as well. Bingo. And I think, <laughs> Bingo. It would have been like the biggest non-franchise, non-MCU year in, in decades, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved uh, Napoleon. I was expecting a bit more gladiator from the marketing and the trailers and stuff uh, in terms of pacing and vibe. But once I settled into the Groove of this movie, which is kind of slow, uh, it, it's worth seeing. I was all in; like, I really liked it. Um, I also think it has to be seen on the biggest, loudest screen that you can find. Um, it's it's that kind of a cinema movie.
0: Can I start off by slamming the trailer? Um, I know that this has become a little bit <laughs> yeah. of a hobby of ours, like a side hustle, if you will. But the trailers for Napoleon, right? So when I first heard that Ridley Scott was going to be making a Napoleon biopic, I was interested. Then I heard that Joaquin Phoenix was going to play Napoleon, and then I I lost my mind a little bit. And then I saw the trailer, and then I didn't know what to think anymore because the trailers are odd. They they don't kind of they don't. It's very hard to capture the pace of the movie. Admittedly, we can come to that. It's an oddly paced film, but they seem unable to decide whether they think this is a war movie, whether they think it's a love story, whether they think it's a. Um, standard, period, biopic, epic kind of approach. And so the trailers fall in between all of that. And I'm here to say, and I think we're both here to say, that the movie is nothing like that. It's it's a very odd mm. beast, this film.
1: It's very odd. Um, it is a bit of a slow burn. Yes, um, it is. I think some some people might find it boring also, um, completely understandable. There's there's actually so much to talk about with this movie, right? Um, I, I think it really depends on the kind of, or the type of historical biopic, film that you're, or we are looking for. Um, like, do we want history or do we want quote unquote history? Um, and I think quote unquote history gives us the hero that we want to see in the movie. So it's like Gladiator, Braveheart, Spartacus, 300, uh, just like wildly entertaining and highly inaccurate retellings of historical events. And then normal history tries to deconstruct the hero. Um, Stuff like Napoleon shows their flaws, you know, the people behind the legend. The funny thing about this movie, about Napoleon, is that I think it's already famous for fudging actual events quite a bit. Um, But it behaves like an actual biopic, Mm. like it's telling you the truth. You know, the movie... Isn't kind or endearing to Napoleon at all, um, and I was fine with it. But but I thought it was a unique approach, lah.
0: So I I came out right, and the movie, the word that I kept thinking about um, to describe the movie's treatment of Napoleon is tender. So I don't think mm. that it's empathetic necessarily. I don't think that it's sympathetic. Certainly not, and it doesn't aim to burnish his reputation. I don't think that that's what it's trying to do. But it does paint the picture of somebody who, who's very sensitive, who's kind of fragile, um, who is also power hungry and delusional and, and all the other stuff that you would associate with a warmonger and somebody who um, another character says held Europe, you know, is, is basically threatening all of Europe in his attempt to, I don't know, <laughs> you know, to, to consolidate <laughs> or in his attempt to say that I'm not just this Corsican. You, you should fear me. You should respect me as an emperor Um, but I did also think it was a very tender movie and that came through in the weird codependent marriage that he had with Empress Josephine it comes through in his letters his famous letters to her it comes through Mm -hmm. in the all the ways in which he took
1: offense so my biggest question is right like are we supposed to like Napoleon at all Or are we supposed to not like him? Because the way Joaquin Phoenix plays him, um, and it's a bit of a confusing performance, I won't lie. It took me a while to grasp who Napoleon was or who this version of Napoleon was. But we see him as like this slumpy, grumpy, uh, boring, middle-aged man who really doesn't have any redeeming qualities other than he wins wars like he's a master tactician, and he wins wars, right? While getting like tens of thousands of people killed in the process. No His charisma. People.
0: No charisma
1: whatsoever. <laughs> no, no charisma, um, and I think that was my question. Like, um, uh, what's the name who plays Josephine? Vanessa just, Kirby. Vanessa Kirby uh, is a much better cipher for the audience than Napoleon is. Um, the character is like it, it, he's so emotionally constipated that it's almost impossible to relate to anything that he's saying or expressing, You know,
0: I so I viewed that as somebody who was just engaged with power for the sake of power, right? Because the the movie does weird things; it doesn't necessarily depict his. Um, his triumphs as triumphs. So even though he wins battles, even Mm. though he, he starts to conquer, even as he places the crown upon his own head, even as he does all these things, I don't get the sense that the movie is celebrating him or that we are supposed to celebrate him. So it doesn't really work like that, right? It's not as if we watch that and we go, yeah, this guy made it. Instead, we watch his expressionless face and his expressionless voice go, I won again, I'm very good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. So I actually wasn't, um, I didn't like him, but I loved the performance and I was very invested in his fragility. I, as I think it's quite clear, I really loved all the parts of the film that went out of their way to exhibit his fragility.
1: The fragility and also like you you said that the codependent relationship right like he is he the toxic is, relationship the, to be toxic, fair yeah the toxic messed up twisted relationship that, that that Napoleon has with Josephine but just the dependency that he has it it looks like it's the only thing that makes him the happiest and also deeply unhappy um, at the same time, right? And you kind of wonder, like, it, it's fascinating to see how he plays it because you see this guy who wins all these wars. But at the end of the day, he doesn't actually want to be there. Like, he's more interested in writing letters and getting back home than he is to be out there just, like, winning things for actual countries and being the emperor of a place. Um, and I think that that performance for me came through, like, incredibly well. Like, he the guy is always homesick. Like wherever he he's always homesick all the time and he doesn't want to be there. So if we
0: break the movie down into its composite parts, right? Because the the whole thing does coalesce into into what we both really enjoyed, but it does feel, I won't say disjointed, but if you were to actually think about it bit by bit, there are several components that that go into making this movie, right? So on the one hand, you've got the really, really strong performances. I think both Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby are so good, really, really believable and lived-in performances. Then you've got the action sequences, which almost seem to live entirely apart from the Napoleon-Josephine stuff, right? Because those are like big, big set pieces. The cavalry, the infantry, the cannons, just all of it. Then you've got the court stuff, you've got the politics, and that again feels like a completely different movie, different setting. So it's kind of interesting to witness the ways in which the movie does things and then mashes them together, or in the ways in which Ridley Scott kind of mashed the whole thing together.
1: Which is why I think um, the four-hour cut will do the movie a lot more justice. Yeah, but There agreed. is a four-hour yeah cut coming to Apple TV, right? Um, I think that's the actual movie that we were supposed to see, but obviously we can't see it in cinemas. Um, I, I would say that I enjoyed this movie as a whole, like of a piece, uh, more than the characters and the different parts and elements and the politics, the the warmongering, um, even the story or the history behind it, right? It was more of a... Audiovisual thing for me, I guess. Um, so even though this wasn't shot for IMAX, I decided to watch it in the IMAX. And it's, it's a beautiful movie to see, to hear, uh, the sound of the battle scenes, just like crazy loud, like piercing sounds. Um, and the visuals are amazing, like wide vistas, uh, these giant shots of fields and ice and snow and green. Um, there is this one shot of during the coronation of, of Napoleon as the emperor. And you see him kneeling and you have the, it's the archbishop, I think. Um, and the way the sun hits their profiles, like it's a side profile mm. thing, the, the colors, the way it's shot, it's one of the most beautiful frames I've seen in a movie this year or in the last, I don't know, like however many years. Um, yeah, so I, I love the way this movie looks and sounds as a film.
0: Yeah, I get it. I, I think essentially if you love movies, you really will love Napoleon, which is what we're talking about today. Let us know. Have you watched it yet? Or are you planning to wait and catch it on Apple? Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Burning for more. BFM 89.9. The business station.
1: Evil minds and plot destruction. If you look down, you'll see a surprise. Once you see it, you will always want it. Sorcerer of death construction. I must warn you I will not leave a
0: second in command. I will win by fire. I am destined for greatness.
1: I found the crown of France in the gutter
0: and placed it atop my own head. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Arvin, and together we're talking about Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott, uh, written by, I want to say, David Scarpa? Am I guessing that name? No, David Scarpa. And of course, starring Joaquin Phoenix in the titular role, uh, along with Vanessa Kirby as uh, Josephine. I think, okay... Can we let's talk about Joaquin Phoenix specifically? Because earlier you said, um, kind of, did you use the word lumpy?
1: <laughs> because lumpy, lumpy, yeah,
0: lumpy, slumpy, just kind of um, sad, Grumpy. yeah, dude, who is at the very heart of the movie, who's in almost every frame, whose company we're, we're a part of, who thinks to bring his newborn son to the wife he had to divorce because she couldn't bear him children. That's the kind of thing he does, mm. and yet. Joaquin Phoenix is so compelling and watchable. Um, He starts wars in the most unheroic way. He rides into battle in the most unheroic way. His hats look ridiculous. There are a lot of things that don't kind of paint Napoleon as your classic hero. And I'm so here for everything that Joaquin Phoenix did in the role
1: hundred percent, like 150 um, percent, which is why, I, again, the four-hour cut, just more of this, more of yeah. Joaquin Phoenix doing muttering,
0: Napoleon. mumbling.
1: <laughs> yeah, mumbling, just babbling his way through scenes, right? Um, I, think, I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of the greatest actors of the last 20 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like exaggerating, he's incredible at what he does. Um, but I also think at the same time, I think he has also become Joaquin Phoenix and you can see it. Like for me, in this movie, you see a bit, like I saw a bit of Joker, um, whereas in something like her, uh, in a movie that's 10 years old, right, he just disappears into the role. Like you don't see Joaquin Phoenix anymore. Um, So it's like an incredible performance, like sure, 100%. But it was also, it also looked like obviously Joaquin Phoenix wearing a big hat and a suit that was like two sizes too small. (laughs) for him. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. I think it's a tricksy thing though because I can't really imagine another actor of the same generation and he is, I think, newly in his 50s and he plays Napoleon from... I want to say about, I mean, Napoleon died young anyway, so I want to say from like 30-something till his 50s. It's the same guy, they don't bother to de-age him or change his hair very much, so you're just, you're just supposed to know that time is passing. I, I can't really imagine another actor of his generation around his age who could do the role in the same way.
1: No, I don't think so. I think he... Like, the whole... I think the whole reason I was interested in the movie in the first place was because Joaquin Phoenix was on the poster as Napoleon. And I was like, this should be interesting. Like, Joaquin Phoenix playing this role should be interesting. But I also think all the credit to Vanessa Kirby for ping-ponging with a Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. Like, I I like, I like knew she was a good actor. Uh, she's been in some, some really good movies, right? But I think her performance in this was something else. And... For me, I think she was the show stealer a bit more than Joaquin Phoenix because we know what to expect from Joaquin Phoenix. But Vanessa Kirby did, she did a lot.
0: Well, she's single-handedly supplying every ounce of charm that the Bonapartes have. You know, without her, there's nothing going on. It's just a plastic bag having dinner, and you know, forcing everybody to like like listen to him. And so, I I think yeah, Vanessa Kirby's role is played with a lot of sensitivity, a lot of charm, a lot of elegance. It's all that good stuff. I. I'm so happy to see her do something that isn't Mission Impossible. With all due respect, I love the Mission <laughs> Impossible franchise, but it does not know what to do with a Vanessa Kirby. No. And so I, I really enjoyed watching her kind of do the thing that you know she can do. So so that was really great. I want to shout out, though, Janty Yates and David Crossman. And they are the costume designers of Napoleon because Oof. the the scenes... So they shot on location a lot and you can tell, you, you can really see it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie also looks as good as it does because the costuming is impeccable.
1: It looks, it's the set design, the costumes, the whole thing gives to the movie's aesthetic, right? The, the way the movie looks visually, it's so real um, and it doesn't look like they are on a set. Like sometimes their costumes are dirty when they're in like war torn areas, then they look like they're in war-ton areas, the colors of their costumes. And when they need to look grand, they look grand. You can tell like, as the the pacing of the movie is weird because it cuts from time to time very fast. But I think the costumes tell you how wealthy Napoleon is getting or yes. how wealthy the family is getting, right? So that's that's like all to their credit. By the way, I, I never want to see Joaquin Phoenix... Um, can we can we say the H word on radio? It rhymes with Lonnie. Um, <laughs> in the mood. In the mood. I never want to see. I never want to see Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon, quote unquote, in the mood ever again. It has changed the way I view human biology and <laughs> reproduction. And <laughs> this guy was neighing and grunting and oinking his way through stamping scenes, stamping his it's foot, stamping his foot. It's some of the most hilarious, off-putting displays of lust that I've ever seen and I will not have it.
0: Actually, I'm so glad you brought it up. Not the oinking and, and the rest of it because I also can go without thinking about it anymore until the four-hour cut in which case there'll be more, I guess. But <laughs> And I, uncensored. Oh my god. Um. But, <laughs> but I'm so glad you brought it up because we've come this far and not talked about how funny the movie is and I think that'll be a good note to end on because, again, the trailer and, and you know, we've cut clips from the trailer today so it does sound very self-serious and very grand and very, you know, Colin Farrell playing Alexander, but it's actually a very, very funny movie. It's close to being a comedy.
1: It's close to being a comedy and it's also one of the most subtle comedies. Yes, because it's yes. not it It's not telling you that it's trying to be funny. Um, so I, I saw this one quote before watching the movie and someone said that it was uh, a, a funny in places and I didn't know what to think. But seeing the comedy in this, it's actually smart. It's smart in um In a weirdly Monty Python kind of a way.
0: Mm, That's the only
1: way I can describe it. A Monty Python kind of funny.
0: And it makes sense because you have somebody who's so hungry for power, right? So that in and of itself has a lot of comedy in it. But then Joaquin Phoenix's performance is very physical. I I think as we just established with the display of lorniness, um, you you know (laughs) what you're getting at. Um, But in general, because it's very physical, and because he, like Napoleon, I suppose, is not physically fit in the role, right? He is mm. kind of, um, at times people make fun of his weight and his body. And there are other times where you see him like literally trying to run or, or trying yeah. to heroically leap onto a horse and, and not succeeding. And it's... It's the, the
1: opposite of Tom Cruise.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Same op- height, different run. <laughs> it's the opposite of Tom Cruise. It's the opposite of any sort of action hero, war leader you would expect to see. And so there's a lot of humour in that. There's also a lot of humour in the awkwardness that exists and in the fact that a lot of characters go around fundamentally questioning Napoleon's
1: decisions, but often not to his face. And just his deadpan reactions and expressions to literally everything. Like everything, no matter what you say, the deadpanness on his face is is impeccable. Um, What do you want to see from the four-hour cut? like Uh, is there anything
0: yes I want to see more Napoleon and Josephine Um, I'd like to see a little bit more about their their dynamic because I think the movie sets certain things up but then uh, doesn't Mm -hmm. go further there are some clear scenes because he covers a lot of ground right in his military career he goes to a lot of places and some of those scenes now we only get for like two minutes Um, Egypt is like a two minute section Um, even the entire campaign in uh, Austro-Russia for example it's dreary and you know it it does you get the sense of how deathly the march must have been but surely there's more so I think that there's going to be just a lot more action but I'd also like a little bit more of uh, Vanessa Kirby
1: Same, uh, more Vanessa Kirby, but I'm also hoping that it tells us... The movie doesn't actually tell us why Napoleon is so great, like the history behind the wars. Like, they keep saying, like, oh, he's... I'm secretly hoping they
0: give us none of that, so then we're just forced to take it at his word that he's actually very good at stuff.
1: So it's just another four hours of him saying how great he is. Yes,
0: yes, in that weird, deadpan, semi-sad way of like, yeah, yeah, I'm Caesar.
1: (laughs) You know, I kind of want that as well. I never make mistakes.
0: I never make mistakes until I do. Yeah. But, you know, thanks for the yeah. breakfast. <laughs> it's the whole thing. The movie is a mood. I, I don't think we were ever going to successfully capture what it was like. Mm. I knew coming in, it was going to be tough. But I also know screenings are quite limited and have been because I guess Apple is expecting to just sweep it away onto their platform soon. But if you still can, big screen, right? As big as possible.
1: As big and as loud as possible. Yes, I, agreed. I yeah.
0: uh, we've been talking today about Napoleon. Directed Ridley Scott, written David Scarpa, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby. Let us know if you've watched it yet. Um, did you like it as much as we did or not so much, which would also be understandable. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Uh, tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also write to us at movies at bfm.my.